What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission? At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders. From ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities, CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Shout out to Elite Homegrown Academy, Zach Post, Elitis. They did their thing. It was uh, it was dope yet again, man. How uh, how's everybody doing out there today? We have a great guest in the building today. This uh, brother has been uh, doing things in media here in St. Louis, in Atlanta, in different parts of the country for a while. Uh, we're getting his uh, audio up and going. Everybody, I want everyone to give a major a round of applause for Palmer Alexander, everybody. <laughs> Palmer Alexander. Palmer, how you doing, <laughs> what, up, what up, brother? What's up? Even though you're supposed to be down here, I don't know why you're not. <laughs> but, <Yeah. laughs> we we say we'll save that for uh, for off air because I sure wanted you in the building. But good to see you, man. Thank you for making the time. How you living? I'm I'm I'm, I'm living good. I'm above ground. Uh, I'm dried off now. You know, trust me. Don't don't hit me with the bus because they don't run often on Sundays. Uh, <laughs> but, but trust but trust and believe. I'm 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 still pulling up in that in that studio. So mm-hmm. you know this don't this don't count. I mean, this counts, but it don't officially count until I pull up and sit in studio with you and, uh, you know, bust it down. You know what I'm saying? So exactly, exactly. I just want to definitely know this, 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 is, this ain't the last time, though. I'm, I'm, I'm definitely building your joint, though, for real. No. Yes, sir. We want to see you in the building. But, bro, you, uh, if you're like me, you're trying to recover from, uh, from Canaween. <laughs> I am, uh, whoo, I am straight out of it. I didn't go to sleep until. I think like four uh, alarm woke me up today. 
What were your thoughts about Canoween Four, man? Another another awesome event. What were your thoughts about last night? Man, I tell you, it was uh, man, it was everything, man. You know, going back there, it was my uh, third straight year doing it. Uh, I I teamed up with Zach uh, around the time Canoween Two, and he kept telling me, man, it's gonna get bigger, and and it, and it wasn't, and. Canoeing three was when uh when I when I when I met you, you know, you was there right. at Media Row, y'all was right. holding it down. I was like, Oh, right. look at this. You know what I'm saying? I said, Hey, they they definitely doing some things. So right. uh, that's that's how I got introduced to you. So yes, uh it was yes, just sir. dope, man, being a part of it and so many great people had made some more uh networking opportunities and that's what it's about though, man. So I I'm grateful for how how it turned out. Uh, yeah, but a brother, a brother tired, man. Ain't, ain't, ain't no, ain't no, uh, what they say, no rest for, for the weary, you know. For real. Uh, got, you know, got a, got a blues game tomorrow, got a couple of blues uh, tomorrow night, so we'll be down at the Enterprise Center covering the blues. So it never stops, man. The marathon continues. It does, man. I mean, Nip never lie. Rest in peace, uh, Nipsey Hustle. It, it, it just continues. And again, man, like you said, yeah, meeting you last year at, uh, meeting you at Canoween 3 was awesome. Uh, Canoween four was, I mean, bigger turnout back at the, um, uh, back at the church. I love that venue. Like that venue is like a character in and of itself for Canoween. Oh, yeah. Like that's how, that's how that venue gets down. That's what oh, I yeah, love about yeah. it. Right. That's, that's what I love about it. Uh, my other question would be, um, to you, man, I want to, I want to dive into your story. Now you mentioned, you said you got uh, blues games because you, you you got you got something you got going with the STL Blues, which is which is crazy. But I'm gonna get to that. Where are you from? Where are you born and raised? Born and raised in St. Louis. You know, I grew up in the uh, O'Fallon neighborhood, North Side. Okay. You know that that's why I'm that's why I'm born and raised, man. North St. Louis, O'Fallon neighborhood. Okay, North City stand up. We know how that go. Much love for the North Side uh, here yeah. on High Off the Glass. North side, south side, every side of St. Louis. What, like, how how was your upbringing? You two parents, one parent, grandparents. Like, yo, know, how how was your uh, upbringing, up, upbringing back in the day? Nah, you know my my upbringing was uh, I was raised by a village. You know my my grandmother and my aunts and stuff. You know uh, reared me and my brother uh, early on. You know my parents they they worked. You know a lot. So my grandmother and aunts raised me and my brother, and uh, you know we just learned a lot of a uh, lot of a lot of lessons. We didn't have cable, but you know we had a lot of love. But uh, you know, growing up in the '80s, and you know you being black, uh, you're gonna be a St. Louis baseball Cardinal fan. I mean, how could you not? You know what I'm right. saying? And with right. Ozzy and Willie McGee. Uh, uh, Lonnie Smith, Tito Landrum, seeing, seeing, seeing brothers like that, and they look like the brothers that I would walk past, you know, or, or, or on the corner, or whatnot. You know that 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 really also helped help, help uh, us, you know, fall in love with baseball, and 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 that's where that real first love of sports really started was with the Cardinals. Right, true, and and so and I get that, like especially. It kind of sucks for uh, black kids coming up in St. Louis. Not kind of, it does because they don't have. I don't think there's any. Is there any brothers on the team this year? Besides, I mean, besides Pujols and Yachty, I mean, I count them. 
But yeah, uh, Jack 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 Flaherty. You know, Jack Flaherty is the is the was the only other brother on on the team. But I always felt. Hold on, wait, slow down, slow down, slow down, Palmer. There was a there's a brother on the team. His name is Jack Flaherty. Yeah, Jack Flaherty. Yeah, (laughs) that's crazy as hell. What the. All right, go ahead. What were you gonna say? Yeah, yeah. Jack Flaherty wears number twenty-two. Wow. And um, where he get that name from? Oh, <laughs> um, you know, hey, my mommy, daddy. You know, that's that's a that's, that's a parent. That's a parental conversation. Much. Uh, yeah. Um, but if you if you, I don't know if you ever heard that heard that term used, like how Major League Baseball invests uh, in the Dominican Republic, right? If Cardinals had invested in in more baseball programs in the inner city. St. Louis would, would would have been a hotbed for African American baseball players. It would have been. It would have been. Yeah. No. No doubt. No doubt. No doubt about it. I mean, right. because uh, we ate, drank, and slept uh, baseball. Uh, the football Cardinals at the time they they wasn't that good. Right. And I only got to enjoy them like for about seven, not for eight seasons before they moved to Arizona, and we didn't have an NBA team. Right. Uh, Should have. So, Should have had one. Yeah, and, and, and then I end up uh, becoming a huge fan of the uh, Blues as a kid. Right. So, again, you know, being a black kid, there's no NBA team uh, gravitated towards hockey. My, my dad was a huge uh, hockey fan. He listened to a lot of uh, Cam West back in the day, and then – you know, I became a big fan of the blues, and then look at it. You know, I'm covering them today. You I mean, know, that's that's beautiful. I love the um, the full circleness about that. And to go back to what you said about the cards not investing in the black community, it's, it seems like they tried to, but they did it too late. I mean, and I know in the 2000s they tried to do Redbird rookies, and they set up little ball fields in like North City, uh, South City, like different parts of St. Louis. But it was just I put I actually put my son in uh, a Redbird rookies when he was younger about about fifth, fifth, sixth grade. And the organiz- the 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 organizational side of it was trash. Like the guy they had running running it had no organizational skills. He couldn't organize a, a, a lemonade stand, let alone uh, a, a Redbird rookies, you know, with a bunch of kids all across St. Louis. It was sad. So it was like what you were saying was true. Like if they would have really invested, and that's 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 with with uh, with the White Sox, with the Cubs, with the with, with the Red Sox, with the Oakland A's, with every uh, uh, baseball team in a in a neighborhood in a city that has a black community, which every baseball team does, they all should have invested uh, invested more into into their local uh, their local communities and get more of these baseball players. But to get back to your story, so you uh, high school college, where'd you go? So uh, high school, I went to uh, Riverview Gardens in North in North St. Louis County, right and then uh, I graduated uh, from North County Tech. And uh, and so I graduated from North Carolina Tech in '93, and um, I didn't I didn't go to I didn't go to college. I got recruited by uh, by one school. It was a D three school out of Indiana, and you know back in '93, you know my mind wasn't right, man. I was like, man, why the hell I want to go to a D three school? They don't play on TV, so I just totally dismissed it. <laughs> and what sport? Yeah, I just told gonna be baseball. Baseball? Uh, it was basketball. It was basketball. Oh, okay, right on. And, uh, and so, I uh, my basketball coach talked me into going to the uh, military, and but I had I came from a military family, okay. 
Okay. And so he would tell me, look, I can still, I can hoop, I can hoop all over the world and, you know, and then uh, get compensated for from the Air Force. I'm like, well, shit, that don't sound bad, you know? So okay. I, I, I kind of have this half-cocked idea of go to the Air Force, get great benefits, see the world, and hoop, hoop yeah. the rest of my life, you know what I'm saying, and collect a pension. Yeah. Hell yeah. And then, um, you know, it didn't work out. I ended up going to the Navy. Okay. And then... That didn't work out when AWOL, you know, I was up there in Kenosha, uh, up there off the Great Lakes. Wisconsin? Kenosha, Wisconsin? Yeah, I was off the Great Lakes. Okay. And uh, Oh, wait, wait, a Great Lakes boot camp? Yeah, yeah, I was, in, I, was in, I was in Naval boot camp. Okay, that was in up, Illinois. I, that, yeah, I, I went to that month. I was in Yeah, Navy. Great Lakes, Illinois, yeah. a.k.a. the Great Mistake. <laughs> yeah, it is a Great Mistake, yeah. <laughs> wait, so <laughs> you was at boot camp and ended up going AWOL? Yeah, when they walk. Wow, what happened? Uh, I just wasn't feeling it, man. I guess that St. Louis, like, I just wasn't feeling it. You know, I think after a while, when I was going going through the whole process, and I remember at one point, I, I remember getting off for like a $5,000 sign-on bonus, uh-huh. you know. And, and think about this. I didn't really know what I wanted to do. I just wanted to hoop. Right, I, I wanted to get get away from the streets of St. Louis because it was really bad. A lot of my friends were getting killed and shit like that. Right, and I blew off my one opportunity to go to a college. So I figured, like, well, let me let me do this and figure it out. Right, and so uh, when I went into to the Navy, man, I went in as a, as a mess specialist. You know, that's the job they assigned because I did not know I wanted to be a bro. I just wanted to hoop. Right, that's that that's that's all my mind. I figured that by way of getting out. Right, so. You know how I did that, and I was I was like, well, cool. I'll give me a little sign-up bonus, right? I went to a chief petty officer. It was like week three uh, doing uh, training, and, uh, you know, he basically told me, you know, you know how a chief petty officer is. You know, they, they cuss, he cussed me out. He told me I was a fool thinking I'm going to get $5,000. And right then and there, I'm like, oh, since I'm not getting my money, shit, well, I'm not going to be here. So, you know, I move hell in high water, uh-huh. you know, not not to be not to be up there. So I went and ended up going AWOL, had to go to Captain's Mass. They threw me in a holding cell. Yeah. You know, they gave me, you know, they tried to intimidate me. But, like, that St. Louis shit, man, that's, that's some real stuff, man. You meet, like, a real St. Louis cat. Mm-hmm. And when you out of town in different environments, that St. Louis shit is, is something, like, they they knew just certain levels. You when you meet a real St. Louis cat, you know, man. Right. They they knew like when I was up there, man. Like you know, come on, man. People from L.A., New York, Texas. They they I was the only cat out of eighty in, in that group that was that was from St. Louis in that in that whole camp. And they knew not after a while, like man, we don't want to fuck with the St. Louis. Right. Okay. And and, and walk me through it because I, I joined the Navy just like you did, and I did not get a signing bonus. I wish the hell they would have offered that. So. You went to so week three of your uh, of your basic training. You went to the to the uh, chief petty officer. He says you wasn't getting it. So then, that yeah, he said, he, yeah, he, he said chief petty officer Wild said you ain't getting shit. That's exactly what he told me. I'm like, what? But you signed it in. Uh, you signed it with your recruiter, right? Yeah, I signed it. With, I signed it with my recruiter. I'm like 18. Yeah, you know. Yeah, and. You know, they're like it's an extra sign-on bonus, but I didn't know how it broke down. I didn't know if it was like a thousand here, a thousand, and they wasn't really clear. Yeah. And look, 
Cruz is great, man. You know, they they spit that game. They 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 tell you a whole, whole bunch of good stuff. They told me I could eat three square meals a day. I could wake up whenever I felt like it, you what? know. <laughs> Why they say whatever you felt like it? That's a lot. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I, hey, I could watch cartoons on Saturday mornings and shit like that. I mean, they told me all kinds of shit. Oh, wow. They lying like a motherfucker. Okay. <laughs> yeah, because you're damn sure. You definitely going to get three squares a day, but you're going to get that because they're going to run the shit out your ass and work the shit out you. Wow, that's crazy. Okay, and you know what? That, that chief petty officer was on some bullshit because you probably yeah. would have got that once you completed uh, uh, basic training, but that's crazy. All right, so you go yeah. a, you go AWOL from there. Then you like you like bump that. I got to get the hell out of here. What, what's your next move? So next move, I'll come back to uh, St. Louis. Okay. Come back home. Of uh, like around ninety four, okay. and then uh, I'm like, well, I still have to itch the hoop, and so since I signed all, uh, the CBA, Continental Basketball Association uh, league office used to be downtown in St. Louis. Okay, Mark, Mark Lampin, who's now uh, president of the Jacksonville Jaguars, was the commissioner of the CBA. Okay, so. One day I worked for a temp company, and I just so happened to notice that they was on the fourth floor. I go up there. I'm like, look, man, I'm interested in, you know, entering the draft. Uh, Mark Lampin told me, he said, look, kid, I don't want you to throw away all your college eligibility. Just go home and think about it, and then let me know in a couple of days. Right. My mind was already made up. I'm like, well, well shit, I'm, I'm going take to a, take, a, you know, take a swing at it. And I entered the 1994 CBA draft. Uh, I went undrafted. I got a call from uh, Marty Blake. You can look him up. Marty Blake is a former NBA scout. Okay. Uh, one, uh, he, was the, he was the first super NBA scout. Okay. Um, this is the CBA league now. This is yeah, CBA. this is CBA, oh, wow. you know, in, in, in 94. But Marty Blake – who was the number one NBA scout at the time, gave me a call. And I'm sitting on my phone. I'm sitting, I think I'm, I'm 18, unknown, unknown. You know what I'm saying? I went to a small high school. And here it is, I'm talking to one of the biggest NBA scouts on the planet. And did you know, you know how big he was at the time? Did you know oh, hell was? yeah. Hell yeah, because because of, of shows like, you know, NBA Inside Stuff. I mean, I was always heavy in the sports. Major, so major I know I knew Ahmad Rashad, Willow Bay, Hannah Storm. Yeah, 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 yeah. So I was, I was definitely, uh, and that's how I found out kind of who were some of the the movers and the shakers also behind the scenes. So right, right. when I'm talking to this guy, I'm like, I'm like, this is just it was like a dream come true. True, you know, just just talking to him. Right. So I entered the draft, uh, and they had tra- training camps out in uh, Davenport. Iowa in the Quad City Thunder sent me a, a tryout, and I remember my, I remember my Quad City Thunder. Quad City Thunder. Where were they out of? Was that Oklahoma? Where were they out of? Illinois was part of the four cities up in Illinois. Like oh. I think, like uh, yeah, Quad City. You know, I think they had like a, a team like in Springfield or Peoria or something like that. Okay. You know, uh, I think it was Quad City. It was, they had a team out of. Uh, uh, Yakima, Washington. They had a uh, team out of uh, Shreveport, Louisiana. Okay. It was, uh, I think, a team out of Mexico. It was like maybe eight teams at the at that time, like in '94. Right. And uh, you know, it just it just ended up working out. 
uh, they had a uh, and then in St. Louis they had something called the Midnight League, and the Midnight League when I was at the was, with uh, with Mayor Bosley. Yeah, ninety five. That, that Midnight League. Let me tell you something. Mm-hmm. That league was the who's who. I mean, in St. Louis hoops. Right. I mean, man, uh, you have to have your shit together. You know what I'm saying? You really have to sh- have to have your shit together. And so I played in that Midnight League, and this let me know how big it was when the se- when the season was over. Uh, Mayor Bosley actually had dinner for us at City Hall, wow. and then um, uh, it's well, it's it is what it is. Burvis Jones came in. Who? Burvis Jones came in. Burvis Jones is the father of Mayor Tashara Jones. Oh, okay. He came but the crazy thing, he was the city comptroller. Okay. But he came in, but it was like days after he was on news for embezzlement. He got indicted for embezzlement, some some crazy shit like that. Oh. Um, um, which shocked a lot of us when we saw him come in there. And then to top it off, Jesse Jackson was there. You Damn. know, the Reverend the Reverend Jesse Jackson. Wow. So I'm like, damn, like this this midnight league, which brought a lot of brothers together, got a lot of brothers off the street. It did. Um you know, bringing these type of people together, but again, uh, you know, it has some bad actors, people taking money, you know, because it was a good program, man. You know, they had they had a league down at um down at the Wall Center and then they had the league was so big they had one at the Wall Center and at the uh down at the Cherokee Center, right. uh down on the south side. So they probably had like thirty teams that won and like twenty at Cherokee. But it was great for the city. They just messed up. Talk, now talk about uh, because when I moved here in '01, right, and when I moved here in '01, that was big. Like that was, you know, uh, that was Midnight Run was was well talked about. I had uh, the only reason I never got to one is because my work schedule. I was working third shift, and then when I would get off my regular job, second shift, I'd be tired as hell, so I never made it. Which which I'm still mad about because I'm a hoop head. I'm so glad that you brought this up. So glad that you even, you know, you had a basketball career. You talk about it on high on high off the glass. Appreciate you for that. What happened to because it was all. Already, always rumors, and that was one of the things that I heard. Like the money got misappropriated, uh, appropriated uh, for for the event. But like, talk about like the other inside stuff. Why it all the way dissolved? Because it was a great, it was a great program, like you said. Yeah, it was a great program, but I think not think, but being around St. Louis and uh, it's a small, big city, but small city mentality sometimes, and. Right. Um, you you get black people who aren't used to having power mm. and influence, and when you get that cocktail mixed together, it can, it may corrupt, right. you know. Right. And um, one of the guys I know, Pee Wee Leonard, was one of the instructors. He had a lot of cachet in the streets of St. Louis, and he also uh, 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 was a star. Slough University. Mm. So when 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 he's given us as players trying out the edict about how important this league is and giving back, and but the, he's one of the main people taking, you know that that you know you know how brothers are. We look at each other like you see him, man. You know f f what he's talking about, you know because he about what he's saying. That's not all, that's not every brother's mindset, but I know what you're saying. 
yeah, well, I'm just, well, I'm just like I say, like from from around here, the the because we, we're we're used to seeing that, and you know, like say like St. Louis black fame in St. Louis is is such a a, a crippling disease. Talk about you know, that. Would you say black fame? Would you say? Yeah, black fame is a, is a crippling disease. Oh, okay. What you mean? Oh, well, it's just like uh, when with certain black people when they ascend to the start of uh, popularity mm-hmm. uh, again, it, it kind of corrupts and it can it can obscure uh, uh, their vision. You know what I'm saying? Uh, making one feel, uh, you know forget their roots and stuff like that. You know, I grew up again, uh, raised by a village, you know what I'm saying? The village mentality, everybody, right. we know we look after each other and whatnot. Right. Not if, 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 if I got up, if I got up, then I'm not going to help my neighbor who's been helping me all the time. You know what I'm saying? So, uh, sometimes when, when those elite two get into place, they get the alligator on. You know what I'm saying? They always they they, they say they want to help, but when they do stick the armada spot as long as an alligator. I hear you, and, and and you're right. You're right to a certain extent, but why do you why do you label it a a black thing per se? Because I think that's a thing uh, in general. You you look at Fortune five uh, Fortune five hundred companies, which are you know majority white owned. It's like a you know it's a crab. It's the same. It's, I'll just use a different metaphor that you know about this one: crab in a ba- barrel mentality. They trying to pull each other down so they can you know whoever can get the most money. So I you know I wouldn't label it just a us thing here in St. Louis. I think that's a everywhere thing. Like you know sometimes the bad part is humans are selfish. But the one thing that I've noticed here recently with the old podcast network I was with this this one that I'm with now even more so here. There are black people and younger folks here in St. Louis that are helping each other. You know, you got you got kick it with 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 uh, with what he's doing here over at Hampton. You got um, uh, what is it? You got Antonio down uh, down on South Broadway doing his thing. You know, uh, Tweezy to Don. You know, I you know I kind of push back on that whenever I hear that. You know what I'm saying? Well, I mean that's that's fine, but I mean I'm somebody that's I mean I I lived it. AM, FM, I know it like the back of my hand. You know, what whether it's whether it's the brothers or or the or or, or the white guys. Yeah. So white and black. Yeah. You know, I I know I know I know it forward and backwards. So yeah. the, the 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 blacks who are up and entitled, they have alligator arms. Mm-hmm. That just that just what they do. Yeah. Uh the ones who are white, they're gonna take care of their, their own. Uh I've been in sports for twenty years. Mm-hmm. I've seen it firsthand. They they ride their own ways. They create their own ways for them to surf for. Right. Uh, I'm the only brother in in the press box covering a Blues hockey game. You know what? Well, I, I was one of two brothers in the press box 15 years ago covering a Blues game. So, uh, in a town like St. Louis, you don't have one black man on the radio. Why is that? You know, that's a good question. This is yeah. the 20th largest market in the United States of America. Yeah. Well, I take that back. It's one. It's it's Kerry Davis, but that's just that's that's the equivalent of, of Fox News having having a brother on, on there. You know, I got my one. Yeah, that's that's so, sad. It's like they gotta they gotta have one quota, and I and I get that, and that that's the that's the one thing that's a major thing in St. Louis that, that St. Louis is lacking in is diversity on in media local media does, is not especially on radio it is not diverse now with you though we bring it back to you um you know you 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 have your um 
the last thing you said you you were working out you you a quad city but you said quad city did not work out yeah yeah quad city didn't work out and i ended up going i played in the midnight league okay yeah did there that we go. We're at the midnight league did the midnight league yeah. how how did that yeah, go? I went to the midnight league i mean i did it for i did that for one season in 95, and then after that, uh, I went I went right into broadcasting, okay, you know. Man. Yeah, well, after, yeah, after after that, 95, I was like, let me take a swing at this, uh, this broadcast. I mean, I still want the hoop, but there just wasn't a lot of avenues for anybody, right. you know, the hoop like it was. I wish it was, yeah, especially you know. Today. Yeah. Yeah, you look, I mean, you look at it today, I mean, if you – if you are between 20, 25, and 30, you're still somewhat in shape, you can still find a place to ball. Right. You know what I'm saying? Right. But, like, in the, in the 90s, it just wasn't, it wasn't a lot of opportunities. Right. Uh, especially if you wasn't over 6'7", six, 6'8", six, uh-huh. you know, yeah. uh, which you already know anybody was saying your ass up. Exactly. So, uh, St. Louis was a hotbed for broadcasters. Now, and I said, well, let me, let me, shit, let me get, let me get a shot at that. But that, you say you, you want to hit it this? Nah, no, no, no. I'm talking about the broadcasting, man. Yeah, and, 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 that, and I'm glad you brought to that because I figured you were uh, that would be shortly after you with Midnight uh, Midnight Basketball. Why the broadcasting? Because a lot of folks here don't didn't realize that St. Louis was such a sports bed for media. You know, you had uh, uh, sporting news here. You had uh, major uh, sporting radio stations uh, radio stations here. KMOX, uh, CBS Sports. Why did you want to jump into uh, into media here in St. Louis? Yeah, it was it was just all the influences that I had growing up. Uh, listening to Jack Buck, Ron Jacober, right. uh on, on the AM side. Jim Holder was another guy that had a lot of uh, influence. Uh, on the FM side, it was DJ Jockenstein. It was uh, Tony Scott, uh, Kevin Pulley, uh, Kevin Cam. Uh, DJ Cut, Tossin' Ted, you know, Stacey wow. Static. So it was uh, had a lot of influence on, on, on both sides. So I uh, always want to not even be pigeonholed with sports, you know, being able I could be able to cross over, uh, you know, and do both, you know, enjoy the best of both worlds, you know. Uh, but, yeah, the St. Louis, the Bob Costas, you know, so many great ones. Uh, the late Brian Burwell, right. you know. So, peace, Brian. Love Brian Burwell. Yeah. Yeah, that was my mentor, man. That was that was that was my mentor. He, 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 he really put his arm around me, embraced me when nobody was was really you know was 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 messing with me. Wow. Okay. He, he straight up put his arm around me. I loved you him. Know? I loved the work that he did for the Post Dispatch and Turner Broadcasting. Like the stuff he did on his sideline reporting on TNT. If you look at it. It's basically how everybody else does it now. Very calm, cool demeanor, and a in re- a rapport that he built up. Like I think Craig Sager, rest in peace of Craig Sager, Craig Sager and Brian Burwell, sideline reporting Hall of Famers, bro. Like nobody does it better. Yeah, no doubt about it. And uh, to have someone like that to be uh, my mentor, and let me take it back a little bit, though. Go ahead. Uh, Ninety four. I'm eighteen. I'm cleaning airplanes at TWA, and I'm crisscrossing the seat belts, cleaning, you know, cleaning seat out. Right. And here it is, the USA Today, and here's Brian Burwell's face, you know, on the cover of the US, USA Today. Right. And 
you know, 10 years later, I got his personal cell phone number and, and he's mentoring me, oh, wow. you know, I'm like, I'm living the dream. You know yeah. what I'm saying? I mean, it may not show to everybody else, but he's taking the time out, you know, for me. Um, and it, and it, it meant a lot to me, man, you know, because there's a lot of guys around here that I would ask for the number for advice. And then they would give me a number to a phone. They don't even answer. You know what I'm saying? So it meant a lot, you know, for Brian to take that time out for me. So that's right. why I would show him the most love and respect. That's that's dope, man. I'm so glad that you, you know, when you got a story like that that you can reflect on, you know what I'm saying, and, and like show like how it went from you cleaning out a, a plane to T W A. Rest in peace, T W A. You were a major part of St. Louis for so long, <laughs> and then fast forward to you know you having him you know as a mentor like that. That's amazing. So okay, so you're jumping into media. You're you're being taught by um, one of the greatest right there in, in, in Mr. Burwell. Um, you have influences, um, huge influence. Major shout out, rest in peace, Jack Buck. Uh, to all, you know, Stacy Static, to all these St. Louis media legends. What's the first, where do you go to first? Are you are you radio? Are you local TV? What are you doing? Um, man, basically, I was just trying to crack, crack in the radio and just trying to figure the best way about it. Uh, I had, um, I used to hang around KFNS 590 a lot. Okay. And uh, Brian Stowe, Brian Stowe, uh, he gave me, you know, some tips on how I can, you know, kind of get in the radio. I couldn't afford to go to school. I, I was working full time. So, you know, I'm like, right. uh, I didn't want to fall any more further behind. That's what I felt. So uh, I hung around the studio, and one day Frank Cusimano and Bernie Nicholas was coming out of the studio. Yeah, and, uh, you know, Bernie took a liking to me, and Frank did too. And then they used to let me sit in in the studio with him. And then uh, Frank used to let me sit in on shows with him and Rob Fisher. Uh, I sat in on shows with him and uh, Bob Costas. And then eventually it got to a point where Frank used to even let me do live reads with him. So let's just say a live read when he read a commercial about bandanas, barbecue, and right. talking about how great it was. He started to gain trust with me, and I, we were doing, like, live commercial spots. So I, got, I was doing, like, live reads. Were you getting paid for this? Yeah. Were you getting paid for all this work? I wouldn't you no, know, I wouldn't get I wouldn't get paid for it. And 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 you know what, to be honest, I wasn't even thinking about that because I'm like, well, damn, I'm living the dream. You know, I watch these guys on TV do their thing yeah. and I'm just like a kid from the north side, you know, here it is, you know, I'm up here with them holding my own. Yeah. You know, holding my own. Right. And uh dog, it just it just just kept rolling after that, you know. Uh right. eventually Eventually, getting on at New Black City in '03, get my very first show, and hey man, it was like hard knocks, real life, man. You know, I was New Black. City. I got knocked. What's New Black City? What's that? NewBlackCity.com was uh, was the internet radio station, oh, and it wow. was uh, it was it was started up by uh, uh, Richard Unyahort. He's a black pioneer, a radio pioneer. He's a he's a real legend of. Uh, oh, you talking uh, about the uh, Onion? Yeah, on your horn. Yeah, yeah. What yeah. was this? Was this over at uh, over there at Union Union in Delmar? Yeah, right. Yeah, right there. Yeah, right there, at Delmar Union. Oh, okay. And, yeah, over and, in Mr. Uh, Nick's building. Major shout yeah. out to Legacy and Mr. Nix, uh, Mr. John Nix, who've been doing it in St. Louis for I don't know how long. I just only reason I know about that, bros, because I used to work at thirteen eighty ESPN Radio up there. 
Really? Yeah. See, I, I, I see. I, I was at thirteen eighty. Uh, Harry Schroeder was over there. Okay. At the time, and uh, what, what was funny was I remember taking my tape over to Harry. My, my I had I had an audition tape. Right. You know, three. I came in there, and you know, Harry just kind of like patted me on the head, and like I'm like, all right, upstairs from New Black City. Onion was like, "Come on over here, young man." Yeah. And man, I mean, he, man, he blessed me, man. You know, gave me opportunity, and basically, wow, what year was this? This was a uh, 2003. Wow. And and dig this, Onion was doing a simulcast with New Black City and WGN Radio. And wow. they and so basically my show was his the warm up, you know, his warm up act before he went live yeah. uh with, with Mark Kaysen. And so uh, getting a chance to watch them work and they was making a killing uh, doing live reads. They were probably making like five, six thousand a week. Wow. Uh you know, off, off just, Yeah, off off advertising, off live reads. Yeah. They make a killing. Yeah, but you know. Um and then that actually led led to me going to one point three to beat at the okay. time on, on Freeman Boston show. Okay. So I did that. I did that. I did that for uh for about a year and then I finally did my first T V thing. Uh Primetime Sports. On oh, if you lived in St. Louis County, it was a show called Primetime Sports. It came okay. on channel twenty. Okay. And it went into like one point five million homes in the county. Oh, what, so, what, what year was it? Uh, this was this was oh four. Oh, this was uh this was when I first started doing TV, and it was primetime sports. Wow! And it went to like yeah, one point five homes in uh throughout the county. How long in did Saint you Pete. do that for? I did that for what? For about four years. Wow! I was uh I was making appearances on that show, and then I end up. Oh, that was somebody appearing. else's show. That wasn't your show. Yeah, I was uh, I was uh, I was a guest. Okay. And then there was another show called Chalk Talk that I did with Randy Carricker, Ricky Horton, <laughs> um, uh, who's the other uh, McGraw Millhaven. Yeah, it was Tony, former St. Louis Blues uh, player Tony Twist, yep. Malcolm Briggs. I did that. Yep, I remember that. I show. did about uh, about twenty five episodes of that on Charter. I actually you do. I, I used to watch Chalk Talk, uh, even though I, I, I think I used to hate watch it because I couldn't stand character. Uh, uh, super, super racist. <laughs> and McGraw, same thing. He was racist, but I like Tony Twist. And Malcolm Briggs, low key, was racist. <laughs> that dude. Who low racist? Uh, 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 Malcolm Briggs. That dude. Who, he, he even liked black folks. But I remember you on that show, bro. I remember you on that show, and you were good. Yes, I like that show. And you were good. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I was, I was, yeah, man, I was, uh, and, and think about this. I mean, this is, this is the ground, the hustle. I was driving a trash truck, all right? right. I would drive my trash truck to Berkeley, parking on that cul-de-sac in Olivet. Right. I go to the restroom, I would just change. I go in the green room, they do my makeup, and I go in the studio, light it up for an hour, go back to my truck and finish my ride in Berkeley. Damn right. You know? Damn right. Yeah, I mean, that's, I mean, that was my only shot at doing it. And I never get man. One day Malcolm Briggs, he was uh I love Malcolm, but Malcolm used to always like to want me to co sign on, on the blackness when we yep. when we in a room with the other white guys. Yep. And Randy Carricker. And then one day, you know, he was like, Man, I'm just a poor black man. Ain't that right, Pete? And I looked that over, I said, true. Come on, man, you in the eighty thousand dollar range rover, bro. Right. Ain't nothing poor about you, Malcolm. Stop stop lying. Stop it. Stop that. Yeah, yeah, stop it. Stop right. it. 
Stop it. Stop it. But, yeah, man, that was a great experience because, uh, well, one day I did piss the senses off. I I wrote, I told Tony Twist to go to hell. And I wrote it, I remember writing on a chalkboard. And Scott Whipper, my, my ex-executive producer, he loved controversy. He, he liked me on the show because I gave them a little bit of controversy. Right. And so I guess it got too hot. Taco Bell called and they threatened for the sponsorship. Oh, so Lord. They Local Taco Bell? Who gives a shit? Yeah. Because <laughs> <laughs> you told Tony Twist to go to hell. That's it? Yeah. Oh, yeah. My goodness. Okay. A major shout out to Tony Twist too, because when I worked uh, at 1380, he was cool to me. He he was cool to me. He was a decent dude. I tell you who wasn't was uh, Howard Balzer and Malcolm Briggs. They suck and Character. They suck. But Tony was cool. <laughs> well, H my H is my guy. When when I was uh, well, I know H since I was like 14. So that, right. but I. I, I feel you, though. I hey, mean, H. Here's the thing with H. Here's the thing. Let me, let me, let me clarify, too. I'll be specific because, I, like I said, I work with these cats at 1380 ESPN Radio. When it was me and him alone, and he's doing his show, like that little Sunday uh, uh, that Sunday morning show he would do, or that, yeah, that show where he would just, um, what is it, uh, uh, call games or give points or whatever it was. When I was yeah, doing, yeah, yeah. When, when he was doing his show by himself, it was good. Like, our relationship was good. But when Malcolm was in there, it was like it was like something would change. His his attitude would change. It would be like a little not as nice. <laughs> it was weird. Damn. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I'm, yeah. Right. It, 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 you don't know what? It, that's the that's the thing. It does happen a lot. It does. It does. So it not, it's not just you. It, that that's happened to me no. too many times. You know it. You you've been in yeah. the rooms. You've been yeah. in the rooms. I, I'm triggered. You just triggered me. Man. Yeah, <laughs> right. Yeah, we got, we, see us, us folks that been in local media for a little bit. You know, we get PTSD because we we remember them days. But back, <laughs> back to you <laughs> for real. But back to your story. <laughs> so, <laughs> and major shout out to major. See, he's laughing because he know y'all. He's laughing because he know. Major shout out to the Onion because when I got to 1380 ESPN Radio, everybody talked about the Onion, and he was known all throughout St. Louis. Uh, what was my man Charlie? Um, it used to be Charlie Tuna. Charlie, uh, Charlie Tuna always talked about the Onion and was talking him up, and I used to produce one of his shows too. Yeah, uh, I did. Uh, I did Charlie's show. Yep. Um, actually, Charlie was the last radio show that I did in St. Louis. Oh, wow. Okay. And, and I'm, I'm going to say it on your show Go ahead. because I haven't said it publicly. Okay. But I guess I may as well say it on your show. Go ahead. So um, I'm, not, I'm not doing the show. I could have done the show, but I just elected not to do it because I didn't want to be used as a, as a prop. And I felt like I've been used as a prop. Wow. Because – when I was doing his show, like, you know, 2015, remember that was around the time when the Rams were threatening to leave right. and all kind, of, all kind of shit was going on. Yep. And so basically when I'm doing that show, I gave him – he had somebody to – he could be able to sell to his sponsors. For example, he could say, all right, Toyota, I, I got Palm Alexander uh, out at Rams Park giving me updates. Hey, let me get – 20,000. You know what I'm saying? Because so now I got to sit and listen to him talking about all the money he's getting off sponsorship. And then basically he want to bust my ass for $200. Wow. And when you, when you, if you're raking in all this, all this money from all these other places, and then, you know, 
ain't saying you give me your cut, your cut, but but break bread. If yeah. I'm going to play uh, a, a sidekick role, all right. Yeah. Think about this. Robin slept in the mansion, not in the gutter. Think about it. Robin, Robin who? Batman and Robin. Oh, yeah. Robin, Robin. You, you know what I'm saying? He took it, my man took it back to Dick Ward, y'all. <laughs> Bruce Wayne and Dick Ward. Yeah, that's true. He did sleep in the mansion. And let me tell you something. Uh, can I can I tell you that I I was about to interrupt you and say, okay, what are you about to say about Charlie? Is it about money? Because I knew that that's where you was going with it. I mean, yeah, he was he was hella cheap. I mean, that's that's messed up. And 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 the thing that's so jacked up about it, you bragging about how much money you getting from sponsors, but the person that's getting you the most money, which is you, the producer, the person that's on site giving you info, or the per, per, producer producer producing the show, you're not breaking them off. Like, how stupid could you no. be? I knew you were going to say something like that. I knew it. No, no. And, and it's and it's like, I just got tired of, he wanted me to act like I'm just happy to be on the radio. I'm like, right. man, look, I, right. I, I cut my teeth. I, I definitely pay, pay my dues, so I'm not going to be happy-go-lucky just to be on radio. Right. And I'm not about to sit here and listen. You brag about you getting 50, 60,000, and you got you to keep your team on par. You know what I'm saying? You got to, and if we're and we're and if we are assistant to that, you ha- you got to break bread. Yes, and that's just the problem. Yep. You know, that's that's the main problem. Yep. And I I think he felt like if he invited us to, to Scott Rosenblum party, you know, that was a big deal. Man, I mean, who cares about that shit, man? Yeah. Not me. Nobody. Nobody. And and let Scott paying me to go, like, who gives a shit? You know what I'm saying? And we we know Scott Rosenblum, uh, he does a lot in this city. Uh, Scott, you need to come on high off the glass because I want to talk to you about the dispensaries you done jumped into. But, um, yeah, I I definitely uh, 100% understand that. So, Going from so him that being your last show, did you get like a would you get like a salty taste in your mouth from that? Is that is that why that was your last radio show you produced, and or was there like a bigger uh, opportunity? What was the deal? Well, the I mean, I started to really see the writing on the wall. I mean, I want to be on ESPN radio. I mean, that was definitely number one. It was some things that they just listen. I'm just too live, you know. They can't control me or whatnot. Yeah. I mean, I know where a lot of bodies are. You know, I'm not gonna go for the gotcha. I'm not going for no pump face. I'm just, I'm a, I'm a salty veteran that they left for dead. But, but, right. but I'm still here. Right. So, right. so it's, it's like, <laughs> like they, like they accept that I'm here, right? They like, he ain't going nowhere. Right. I'm, you know, because I got receipts. I got a lot of receipts. Yeah, you know, right. and they know I got receipts. Yeah, buddy. So okay, but uh, and and I get that. So. You leaving you you leaving radio uh, producer radio that was the tunas was your last show what was your next move what'd you do after that I went in I mean I went in the zone full time and uh, you talk about in the zone what is in the zone is that awesome logo that you have on your hat I love uh, how you brand your stuff in the zone network what is that exactly Yeah the in the zone network is just a uh, it's a platform that. Is, is steady growing. It could be anything that I want it to be. One of my closest friends, uh, he's in media now, and he told me I can make Zone Network whatever I want it to be. And I'm like, really? And he's like, you didn't need ESPN. And, you know, I'm like, really? And I'm like, okay. I kept thinking about it. True. And True. then I just thought he told me something. Oh, and I took and, and this will really made a click. Like all those connections that I made while working at the St. Louis American, all those friendships that I made outside of that. You ain't, I you was ain't able talk to talk about that. You was at the American too? 
Yeah, I was at the Disabled America for twelve years. Wow. You know. Ahead, yeah, boy. I mean, you 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 need a whole nother hour to talk about that shit, man. man. Hell yeah. You need a whole nother hour to talk about that, man. Right on. You know, Keep I got going. I got a lot of work, man. Right on. I got a lot of work, man. No, no doubt. Trust me. But what did he, what did he drop on you that made you that, that stuck with you? Uh, he he told me whatever I do, connections I make, I could take them wherever I go. And at that time, at the American, you know, um, I had a professor from George uh, Mason University reach out to me. Okay. And he had a student that uh, wanted to write a piece on me, man. And I'm like, a journalist, a journalism student, one of the journalism students yeah. wanted to write a paper on me. Oh, dope. And I'm like, I'm like, damn. I'm making, I'm, I am making an impact. And it wasn't nobody in St. Louis, it was somebody in Washington, D.C. Right. And that let me know that there are people outside watching you. And I, you know, I wouldn't expect nobody at the PX say, hey, yeah, yeah, man, that was a good story you wrote, you know, wrote the other day in the paper. You know, yeah. you told them what it was. No, it was somebody outside of, of St. Louis. And then I'm like, I made a connection. And then before I knew it, when I started doing In the Zone, I had somebody in 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 the DC area I could call to have on the show, right. and then just started kind of, you know, spawning right. out to other things because I wasn't just interviewing people in St. Louis; I was interviewing people all across the country. Exactly. And the more I did that, the more I was able to stretch the network into other places without me physically being there. Thank you know, you creating some mystique. And I think if you're going to be in this business, you got to create some mystique. Bruh, you, you are, shit, where, where, where's my sound effect? Uh, you are hitting the nail. Fucking head. Like, bruh, that is the truest fact. Like, I love when I have, when I, when I do it like we're doing it right now with you with the, uh, with the Google Meet. That was the only good thing about the pandemic is that we were able to do, we were able to have conference calls, video conference calls, like all these corporations do. We were able to do it as, you know, residential people, you know, people that we are in our homes and we could just, in our homes, in our studios, wherever we're at, and we could just have a, a video call with somebody and you could talk to folks anywhere on the planet. You know what I'm saying? That That's what's so dope about it. And, that, and that's definitely something you have to do in the podcast game. You have to, you know, talk to folks you know, outside uh, of your area to, to, to make a, a impact like you're doing. Now you have so many different shows that are under the end of zone network. One, one thing, one of the shows I want you to talk about before we get up out of here, we got a little bit of time. Uh, we got a little bit of time left is uh, cannabis corner. You do that uh, with Mr. Post with Mr. Zachary Post, who was, uh, who is the owner and creator of Cannaween here in St. Louis. Cannaween four was last night. It was amazing. What made you want to like, what's your, what is your background in cannabis and what made you, you know, start that podcast with, with Zach? Well, i am always been a type of person again, like I'm always looking ahead. I'm never satisfied with just doing the same thing. You know, I'm just looking for something else, you know, and me and Zach, Zach showed me a lot of support even way before he would start blowing up with elite. And I told him, I said, look, man, Hey, I want to have you on the show. And it went like two years. We were going back and forth. And I started getting even more interested in, in, in cannabis. I saw the way it was actually helping people and realized I was wrong the way that I was even looking at uh, cannabis and I uh, saw how it helped people. And then, you know, later on when my grandmother was telling me, like, you know, she used it. And I'm like, my I love my grandma and she loved the Lord. Yeah. Weed ain't bad, man. There's been people demonizing. So, yes, yeah, it's, it's all those things, man. Get a chance to educate myself. 
and also kind of use uh, my skill set in broadcasting to kind of help articulate a way for it to be disseminated for the people right. so they can sort of you know, stop demonizing the way that they are, you know, to, right. to, to, to make it more mainstream. And, and I want to be able to do that with my boys to also help, help you get out into the mainstream. Praise God, man. Like that is, that is what it's about. That is why we're out here uh, doing what we do with this, uh, with this plant. You know, we're just trying to, you know, normalize. You know, good things that are about it because there shouldn't be a negative stigma that is attached with something that does so much good for humans on this planet. And I guess you were one of those folks that had that, that bad, you know, you were under that, that, uh, that hypnotize, that, that hypnotist of, uh, uh, uh hypnotism, <laughs> whatever the fuck the word is, of, yeah. oh, uh, weed is bad. It's horrid. It messes up people's lives. And it's a gateway drug. Yeah. You used to believe that bullshit, huh? Yeah, I mean, I think about this: the real gateway drug is cigarettes. All right, I mean that's that's what I'm... <laughs> right. Them nasty ass things for real. <laughs> you ain't lying. I mean, that is the truth. Okay, so so that so that's why you, so you jumped into you see the, the benefits of can, cannabis. That's why you jumped into doing that with Zach, huh? And, and uh, I had some other cannabis opportunities. You know, other companies want to partner up with the network, and um, some of them it was I just wasn't feeling them. You know, uh, it was a company out of California. I'm a name of it. It was called Seven Leaf. And it was just, like I said, it was just some, it was a lot of smoke and mirrors. Uh, a lot of people will try to uh, capitalize on what you do, too. So it had been a couple of situations where it was companies like Seven Leaf, for example, they want to kind of use the network as their blocking back, you know, so they can get their own uh, cannabis initiatives off. And then we not get nothing. They walk away with bags and bags of money. Yeah. So no, that's not how um, it works. Nope. Yeah, no, yeah, yeah. So it's a lot. It's a lot of banana in the tailpipe stuff. Shit be going on, man. So you just got. You just got to keep. You got to keep your head on the swivel. Bro. You ain't lying, uh, uh, Palmer. That is exactly. It's a lot of banana in the tail type, tailpipe type shit. Before you get out of here, what's next? Talk about that's football, which is an awesome podcast we got on my city, my um, uh, my, my my city, my music network, and talk about what's next for uh, in the zone. Yeah, so uh, that's football. I come on uh, every Tuesday night. I got Will Freeman and uh, Josh Price uh, doing that show. Those are my my guys. Um, and mainly, you know, the talking pro football, man. You know, XFL, X- XFL, it ain't no meat on the bone really right now. You know what I'm saying? I mean, it's going to be some talk when it's time to, but, you know, their focus right now is on the NFL, high school sports, uh, what's going on in the east side too with some of those schools and stuff. And I'm just happy for those guys. And we're working on some more guests, more credential NFL type of media people, not hacks, not people that that do a podcast with 15 followers. No, we got we got real people that we have on that show, credible guests, you know, to, to give our show that boost that need. Right, man. Talk, that is awesome. Uh, I love that show. I love Josh. Uh, other brother you got on there. He is he is good as well. Josh knows his sports. Josh, make sure you bring your ass back on uh, high off the glass. We're going to talk some more <laughs> NBA and basketball coming up in the zone. What's what's next for y'all? And where can uh, well, find I you? mean, uh, well, no show tomorrow night. Uh, no show tomorrow night covering the blues. Okay. And they got three more shows uh, before that's going to be a wrap before the show going to go on hiatus before, uh, before it resurfaces again. But I will be making appearances on other shows like yours, for example, because yeah. I do talk NBA. Yeah. And uh, Josh was my NBA guy. We, we used to cut NBA segments. I'm getting an itch. So, uh, like I say, I definitely want to toss some NBA. I'm, I'm ready. 
oh, you need to come on here because I want to uh, know who you got coming out of the East and who you got coming out of the West. And real quick, man, we didn't even touch on it. What are you doing for the Blues? Like this is like you said, you're the only you the only brother in the, in the press box for the St. Louis Blues. What are you doing for them? That's dope. Uh, content creating, you know, basically get getting that locker room, get getting content, and get it to people who normally don't consume uh, St. Louis Blues hockey. You know, people that's colored like us. You know what I'm wow. saying? Now, okay, pretty, that's pretty awesome. Hey, I know hockey. You know, the first trade I ever hated was when the Blues traded Joey Mullen to the Pittsburgh uh, uh, Penguins in the, in the mid 1980s. It pissed me off. That was the first trade I ever hated in my life was a hockey trade. That's what's up. I don't know none of them people. I know them teams, but all right. Well, right on. <laughs> Yo, Palmer, this was dope. Uh, Palmer Alexander, give people, uh, tell people where they can find your show, where they can find you, man. Give your socials out real quick. All right, you can find me at the legend K I L. That's one L and kill, but kill still kills. So you can follow. You can find me at my city, my music every Monday night except <clears throat> this month. And then listen, make sure you tune into my man. You know the older great. And I be telling my, I say, I say, yeah, man, I'm going on, I'm going on a big old show. They're like, Orlando Pace. I'm like, so I, I got that, I got that bad, but right. <laughs> oh, the great big old. I, I think, but I, well, I hear, oh, I think of greatness. You know what I mean? So, so it's it, it definitely, it definitely a pleasure, pleasure to be linking up with you. And I'm glad that that now I know that you were my radio brothers. So you, you definitely know. Oh, you yeah. definitely know. Yeah, I, I definitely know. Well, like, we didn't even have a chance to talk about that, but yeah. Yeah, bro. Uh, thank you. I would also known as Big O back in the day, too. But this was dope. Love having you on. Thank you, Palmer Alexander, for giving us a minute. Next up on the show, Conversations with Cole. Give up. Uh, make sure y'all stay tuned for Conversations with Cole. Nicole is up with her show. It is awesome. Palmer, thank you for being cool and taking the time, bro. All right, brother. Look, I'm pulling up on you, though. I'm still going to pull up on you, man. Make sure you do, man. Make sure you do. All right, bro. We'll talk to you later, man. Peace. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather, now at ChampaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. VGW Group, no purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. See terms and conditions, 18 plus.